What up, everybody? Happy Friday, man. Uh, thank you for tuning in, as always. I appreciate y'all very much. Now, uh, a couple of things I wanted to let y'all know. This is Labor Day long weekend, the last weekend uh, officially for the summer. So I hope you guys have been, number one, being safe and enjoying yourself, uh, spending time with family, spending time with loved ones, uh, spending time doing things that you actually thoroughly, truly enjoy. So the next episode will be recorded remotely. So obviously, it's not the best studio quality that I'm accustomed to, that y'all been listening to, but to be quite honest with you, my guest did a damn thing. She hit us with a lot of gems. That being said, yeah, um, that's it. And also, I want to remind y'all, happiness, it is a feeling, not a destination. All right? Direct, of course, uh, we are inside quarantine time, so we are. Um, I have my special guest right now, who I've actually been looking looking forward to speak to, um, and and it's just funny how our path has crossed. And maybe two years after following her on social media, it just makes sense uh, for her to come on my podcast and such. So I've been looking forward to it. I'm excited for you guys to kind of get um, an insight and, and learn a little bit. Uh, from what people are doing out here, especially in the city of Toronto, but just uh, from a financial aspect, it's a lot of things that we can learn from. Um, so I've been looking forward to it. Right now we are via Zoom, so sound might be a little bit off or whatever, but we're trying our very best to give you an episode, but also bring you some insightful um, conversation. So joining me uh, all the way from her kitchen, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> she said, uh, we have financial finance advisor, mentor, um, also created a platform, Season Tree. Did I say right? Season Tree, yeah. Season, uh, I butchered that badly. Yeah. <laughs> season Tree. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the platform. Uh, Renny is in the house. Renny, a.k.a. The Resource. Yes, Renny The Resource. Yeah, that's what people call me sometimes, you know. Thank <laughs> How are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a busy day, but blessed, highly favored. So yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, same thing. I think it, it's not only like dealing with just regular work or whatever, but I also have to set everything up. And um, I'm a little nervous because of this whole Zoom thing, but I think uh, we should be good to go. <laughs> I don't know. what I don't know if you get like that too, but whenever technology is involved, I'm like, man, I don't know what this is. What this I is know. Going. I know um, technology is great sometimes, but you know, sometimes it's not so great. It fails a lot of times. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so let, let's, let's get into it right away. Uh, tell people who are not up to, or just wondering like, who the hell is this person here or whatever? Give us a little bit of a elevator pitch and who Renny is. Okay. So Renny, also known as Renny is the Renny, the resource. I am a marketing manager. So I work at one of the largest banks in Canada and I work as a marketing manager in the wealth management department. I'm also someone who's very passionate about educating others on things, especially in the black community. I really want everyone in the black community to elevate themselves. And I think that people in other communities have, they always share knowledge, but oftentimes black people don't. So I like to share knowledge, whether that's on financial literacy, uh, career guidance, mentorship, lots of different things. So 
that's a little bit about me. I also bought my first house at the age of 24. So I, that's, that's really the platform where I started. And I started my YouTube channel to educate other people. And, and that's actually the, to, before we even go any further, that's like the, and like I'm saying, I, I followed you for some time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it was a sort of pod that was created on Instagram yeah. where put in there. And then I was like, okay, the decent thing to do is just follow everybody in there just to understand what's <laughs> yeah. going on. Uh, yeah. I have less sense that damn pod, but I mean, I mean, I guess it, it did what it did for what it was. Um, and then seeing a video that you posted um, stating that you bought your first crib at 23 years old. So for me, <laughs> This is put in context. I'm 31. So that I was like, whoa, okay, something is going on here. Let me be a little bit. Um, it definitely sparked my 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 curiosity a bit. Um, so let's let's get right into that aspect of how does a 23-year-old buy their first property in probably one of the most expensive market in North America? Yeah. Um, at 23 years old, like walk us through that that whole process. Okay, so I guess to start off, I have to like go way, way, way back. Um, my parents have been teaching me about financial literacy since I was like born, basically. I've had a bank account since I was like three, four years old. Um, they've always like every time. <laughs> Yeah, like every time an uncle would come over to or an auntie would come over to my house and, you know, Nigerian aunties and uncles like to give you money when they leave. So, you know, most Nigerian parents would just take 50 or they would take all of it and hold it for you. I'm, I'm sure you've experienced I mean, that's, that's that. what happened to all the money I received up until I was 16 years old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but my parents were a little different. They were actually like, uh, put it, 50% of it has to go into a bank account. So um, that just... I've just been in the, the habit of saving 50% of my income since I was a child. Obviously, I didn't have much income. I was getting like maybe $20, but it was still something. And I made sure to save 50% of it. So when I started my first uh, job, when I was working at Payless Shoe Store, actually, mm-hmm. I was making, what, $9 an hour or something. But still, four fifty of each hour was put into my bank into my bank account and saved. And then once I turned 18, my parents started talking to me about investing. But they started talking to me about it a little before, but like they they started saying like, this is the time to start investing. I started investing at age 18. Um, I invested in some great companies and my money just ex- increased exponentially. Give, give, and give me an example. What's an early stock that you purchased at the time? Yeah, so Shopify would be one of them. So Shopify, I think it was $150 or something when I entered Shopify. Mm -hmm. Right now, I think Shopify is $1,300 per stock. Yeah, so I had to... I had to sell a lot of my Shopify to purchase a house, obviously, mm-hmm. but like I still have a few of them from, from and I and I bought it when I was 150s or maybe 200. I'm not sure around that. So area. in simple math, sorry, not to get you in simple math. If you would have invested a thousand dollars when the stock was 150, um, what would that be worth now? Yo, bath is not my sharp voice, so <laughs> I'm the chump, so I'm like <laughs> um is that so it would be what times what um a thousand? Yeah. Would yeah. that be it? I would, so would, would it be like a grand turn to ten grand? We might be if you're listening to this, you could do the math and just kind of understand. Yeah. It's it, yeah, okay, cool. I get yeah. it, I get it. We try. <laughs> yeah, uh, but outside of Stratify, sorry, shop. Shopify, am I saying it right? Yeah. What other stocks did uh, would you put on early? The 
So some other stops are like Square, which is, I'm not sure if you know, Mm. but when you go to like a vendor and yeah, yeah. um, yeah, right. Or um, PayPal. It's a lot of tech stocks that I really invested in. They are high growth stocks, but they're for the long term. So a lot of people invest in things and they want to invest for like, oh, it's been two months. Why hasn't my money doubled? But like (laughs) that doesn't happen, honestly, unless you're really lucky, that doesn't really happen. So I invested in some um, tech stocks. I held them for two, three years. And then by the time I was 23, I had enough money to put my down payment on my house. And I think it was 60K that I needed. Uh, I had more than that, but like I needed the 60K. Easy with the number. Okay. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, it it is... Um, I, I got into investing um, probably when I was early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just like learning through, because I work at a bank called B2B Bank at the time. So that's when I started to learn about mutual funds, uh, yeah. RSSPs and investment loans and all that stuff. So then from then on, and I remember um, when we get our yearly bonus, uh, the first year I took it and it's like half of it went to taxes. And I was yeah. like, that don't make no sense. So the following year, I was talking to my manager and he go, oh, you know, you could just put in your RSP and then uh, withdraw from it. Um, And then that's kind of like how I kind of like, oh, okay, this kind of makes sense. And once I put it in there, I didn't even need, I didn't even need it. So it kind of just stayed there and then it became kind of routine. But like I'm saying, I got put on it uh, when I was uh, 22, 23, perhaps. Now, and the reason I'm, I'm saying that is back to you, what, because clearly your parents was on their financial literacy yeah. tip. What what do you know why it was why your dad gravitated toward that and why did he think it was important for you to learn at such a young age? Yeah, my dad is really he's just really about like he doesn't want to he's since he came to Canada in 2000, he mm-hmm. never worked for anyone except for himself. He's really about like your money has to work for you. I'm sure you've heard of the, the book uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which yeah, so many yeah, people yeah, have read. I think that book like changed his life, basically. Like I've been I had to read it when I was a kid as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, I don't know. He just he's really about making your money work for you instead of working for money. Um, so, of course, you have to work for money, but then your money also has to work for you. He learned, I think he told me a story about how he worked with this company. He did, he was a consultant. He was doing so well. And then the average bonus that people would get was $5,000. But his, his boss said he could only give him $4,500. And that just pissed my dad off. After, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the, manager, the manager said that he would, he was, oh, this was pounds, sorry. It was in England, but it was 4,500 pounds, which is a lot of money, right? But my dad was why can't I get 5,000 pounds? And the guy was like, I'm trying to motivate you for next year. So my dad was like, mm, nope, I'm never working for anyone. And then from that day on, he has never worked for anyone <laughs> since then. So yeah. he was just really into like, you guys need to make sure that your money works for you from, from when you're a kid. And if I instill this into you when you're a kid, then it will last you for the rest of your life. It's hard to, it's harder to learn things, obviously, when your habits have developed. But yeah, he was just really into like, nah, from, from when you're a kid, you're going to learn. So... Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Um, does being Nigerian have anything? Do you think Nigerians just have an extra, <laughs> a special knack for just <laughs> when it comes to like being drawn to money or even hustling? Because I actually I was having a conversation uh, with a friend of mine today and we were saying like out of, especially West Africa, Nigerians are just very, 
on their money game? Does it? Mm-hmm. Do you take it as a special power that y'all have? No. Honestly, I'm, I I love Nigeria, but I'm not. I don't think that's it because a lot of Nigerians appear to be wealthy, but they're not actually wealthy. So I think that's something. Maybe that's what you're seeing because I think uh, Nigerians uh, love to be flashy, you know. So mm. maybe maybe not. I don't think it has to do anything with Nigeria. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So now you, you you talk about your early investments, which obviously mm-hmm. led to you purchasing your house. Um, any. Would you have done anything different with the money uh, without your parents telling you, okay, now, um, or even like when, once the money that you was investing got to a certain amount, what was the next step? Like, what put you on to like, you know what, I should get a house instead of going to the Maldives and, you know, and ball out for the gram kind of thing. I don't, I, I do do that too. I, I'm not going <laughs> to, I, oh, I've okay. Been, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I've, been to 30, I've been to 30 countries actually. And oh. like last year I went to two countries. The year before that I went to like 10 countries. So like, it's not like I, I don't enjoy myself and I don't have fun. Mm. I think, um, if, if I'm, if my parents, I think I just would have spent all the money if my parents hadn't, um, instilled this in me from, from early because, like, it's so easy to, because say I'm saving like $200 per paycheck. It's so easy to just spend $200 per paycheck on food. Mm-hmm. So I just think like, I just would not have stacked all this money. I would have, I would have spent it all. Um, yeah. I really just think I would have spent all of the money. So you've been, you've been to third. That's incredible. 30 countries. Yes. 30 countries. 23. You've been to 30 countries. Of, damn. Yes. You start making yeah. me feel bad about my, my life. I'm like, damn. Um, <laughs> Throughout the the so thirty countries, um, what was your favorite country that you've been to? Hmm. Thailand, you. probably Thailand. Because, what? but it's because I I was on exchange, so I went on exchange to Thailand and I lived there for five months. Um, so I think it's a little different living somewhere. So mm-hmm. for the places I've lived, Thailand is my favorite, and for the places that I've just visited, I would say Colombia is one of my favorites. Is Thailand worth the trip? Like, if you had to recommend, would you hands down? Yes. I love, love, love Thailand. I would just say that people go to the wrong areas. They go to extremely touristy areas that aren't, aren't the best. They may, be Insta, they may be pretty for Insta, but they're not actually, like, nice. So I would say, yes, go to Thailand, but ask for recommendations for someone who actually knows how to travel properly. Um. Back to once again, I, I, just to before we move on from the buying the house at 23, mm-hmm. what would you say? Because I'm, I'm sure somebody could will listen and watch this and go, oh, well, uh, you know, you got your parents to help you and blah, blah, blah. And uh, maybe you got the chance to stay home um, rent free for all yeah. this. You know, what I mean, it's an advantage that you have. Therefore, it makes sense to obviously, you know I mean, people will look at it and go, OK, well, it makes sense for you to buy a house because. You didn't mm-hmm. have all of the other struggles everybody else has is paying rent and things like that. Um, yeah. What do you? How do you feel about that statement? Um, have you? Have yeah. somebody said that to you before? Oh yeah, all the time. Especially <laughs> once I posted once I posted on YouTube, the hate was real. I was like, okay, hey, guys. Like, I even I even said in my video like I acknowledge my privilege of being able to stay at home and live rent free. Like. My only expenses are my car, my phone, my food, like simple, small things that I can choose to spend as much as I want or as little as I want. And I acknowledge the fact that like, I, yeah, like I'm so grateful for the fact that my parents allowed this. And I think more parents should do this, which is why I hope a lot of parents watch that video. But um, I would say 
you're, you guys are right. I have, I am in a privileged position, but I think a lot of people who are in the same position do not do the same thing with their money. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, and I think that a lot of people are even way wealthier than me. They, um, they come from much wealthier beginnings, but they don't have the financial literacy to do, to do the same thing that I did. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's all about the person and if they want to actually save money and they have enough discipline to do so. What, what in your, in your, from your perspective, what is the best saving vehicle? Um, cause I know there's, there's that RSP route of things. There's TFSA, mm-hmm. um, there's regular just saving and, and maybe like people not even understanding, I guess TFSA is tax-free saving. You're allowed to put a certain amount of money, uh, per mm-hmm. year, um, without being taxed. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm close to, I'm making sense. Right? Yeah. You, you said it perfectly. TFSA. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, TFSA is a tax-free savings account. I would say that the thing is, if you once you become financially literate, you you understand that saving is not a way to become wealthy. You actually need to invest your money to become wealthy. So, like I was saying, you um you can't you, basically you can't save yourself to wealth because your money isn't growing. Like in a even in a high interest savings account, your money is growing maybe two three percent a year, which is good, but it's still it's it's not much if you put it in an investing vehicle through the tfsa through the rsp through the resp your money can grow exponentially so like i said if i had put a hundred dollars into my savings account for example and i put a hundred dollars into shopify that one hundred dollars from my savings account maybe one hundred fifty dollars by now but one hundred dollars in my investing account may be one thousand well it is it would be one thousand dollars yeah. right now so that's the difference so I re- yeah that i really think that um investing is a way to go and the tfsa is the best way to go in if you're in canada i know you probably have international listeners but yeah. if you're in canada the t- tax-free savings account is the best way to go and i have a video about that as well if you want to listen to that <laughs> I actually you know what I, I, I watched your video and i was watching it <clears throat> and then it got to a point where I was like if you have x amount of money uh, and i was thinking x amount of money in savings and it's not being invested is 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 money. I think your dad said money not invested will be spent or kind of like it's useless. In one of the videos that I watched, mm-hmm. I was like, that is right. Why do I have X amount of money just sitting and saving just to look at? So I actually, from watching that video, yeah. it triggered me to go and be like, you know what? Maybe I can move some of it in certain accounts. But I know there's a there's a limit that obviously I can't exceed uh, yeah. without paying taxes. But that that I mean... The information that you're given to me, it's almost like it's very refreshing because not only is it helping, you know, people across the world, but this is definitely for black people to really tap into and take advantage of it. And with a platform like that, I think um, some of us maybe got lucky where we got exposed. Uh, my financial literacy come from working in collection agency for a couple of years. So mm-hmm. I learned about credit. Then it's about working in a bank and I learned about investing. But most people obviously don't get exposed to it. So it's a great, easy, digestible content that you have on your YouTube channel uh, for people to go in and, and to digest from it. Uh, I want to talk to you about a um, video that I thought was hilarious, which is the 4S, <laughs> 4X scam <laughs> situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is 4X, that one. <laughs> 4X a scam? Let the people know how you how you feel about it. 
back to sorry we're having a little bit of technical difficulty but um before we got cut off what i was saying is uh let the people know because i watched one of your videos uh speaking on the forex and 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 everything that comes with it you were unfortunately a participant <laughs> of what you call to be a scam um yeah in in from from because you're you've experienced this so i would like for you to tell uh educate me and my listeners uh is forex a scam okay so forex itself foreign exchange and uh, forex for anyone who doesn't know is trading foreign exchange currencies so i changed the canadian dollar for the japanese yen or i changed the canadian dollar for the u.s dollar and the spread between those that is the profit that you get so it's not a scam forex itself is not a scam but the people who are recruiting you for forex are scamming you each and every one of you they're they're scamming you so um they have i'm not sure if you guys know but mlms like multi-level marketing schemes yeah a lot of mlms are a lot of mlms are running forex schemes and basically you have to recruit two or three people a month in order to keep your account so first of all they charge you x like ridiculous 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 entry fees so it'll be like i think it was one um 225 dollars with us which is like 300 oh, canadian okay. yeah just to start just to start which if you if I, i don't know why i thought this was a good idea but like it makes no sense if you think about it like that's yeah. too much to open an account right <laughs> so regular, and regular then, investment uh, investment accounts you don't obviously you don't pay that high of a fee yeah so like so for td flight, bank yeah. for example yeah for like for td bank for example it's 25 per quarter so imagine like i'm paying 25 per quarter at td bank but then forex is charging me 300 per month and i'm still thinking oh that's a good idea like that doesn't make it doesn't make, <laughs> it doesn't make sense <laughs> so Yeah, first of all, don't do that if you can avoid that. Like anytime you see an exorbitant fee that is just to sign up, make sure you avoid that. The next thing I would say is they have regular so they say, "Oh, you can get your account for free each month if you decide to recruit two people to join under you." When you hear that, that is a key tell telltale sign of uh, MLM and that means you should definitely avoid it because basically you're not making money off of like trading or anything you're making money off of recruiting different recruiting people people and bringing yeah. them into this big yeah. ponzi scheme yeah. per se and it's a, it's a pyramid right like it just keeps getting and of course people can make a lot of money on using forex mlms and i personally think like i actually think i could make a lot of money because i'm someone who's really i would say i'm good at sales and good at talking so i can convince people to join under me but i think it's so unethical because a lot of those people are going to lose a lot of money oh, like yeah. as i posted my video a lot of people were like yeah the same thing happened to me someone just posted on my my page today that they lost i think it was five thousand dollars and i was like i know <laughs> yeah so It's it's not unless you actually understand forex. I don't recommend uh, trading forex at all. I, I had a conversation with a young man um, last year, and he was trying to make me feel bad about. Uh, yeah, I, think it's, <laughs> I, I work out to have a, a decent life. You know what I mean? And he was just like, so. He's like, so you don't like making money? I was like, I do okay. So you don't like to make more money? I'm like, yeah. okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> explain to me the process. So he's like, um, so I got to get. My friend, I say, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Anytime somebody has to do a presentation for me, 
Yeah. Um, to understand something, you can't just black and white tell me what it is. You already lost me because I understand what these things do, right? They, yep. they kind of stab at you in your moment of weakness and and um, and take advantage of that. And unfortunately, I do have a friend, a good friend of mine who was in it for, for some time. And he kind of just went from like swearing by this thing to like not talking about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is this one, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's same happening? Thing happened to the person who recruited me. The same thing happened. Like they, they were my friend, and I, we don't talk that much anymore. But like mm. they were my friend, and yeah. Now one day they just stopped talking about forex, and I'm like, okay, so you recruited all these people under you, but then you realized it was not good, and you're still like, you just stopped talking about it. He didn't tell anyone. It was just like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm like, okay. And that's why these things work because we feel ashamed, right? And I always tell people the difference is when somebody is preying on you, taking advantage of you, it is not your fault. Like you're not stupid for someone yeah. really tapping into. And I think a lot of the time we feel guilt because we're like, damn, like I'm X amount or whatever. I should have known yeah. better. Like nobody could really, but no, like you get taken advantage. It's millionaires that get taken advantage of and they pretty exactly. smart people, right? Um, but shout out to you. Thanks, man, for putting that out. Honestly, when I seen it, I sent it to like six friends. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, who's going to ask my homie? Like, what what, what, what happened? It was like, uh, but I mean, obviously jokes aside, it's uh, an important. At what point did you realize, how long were you in it? Thankfully, I was only in it for two months. So it wasn't that long. And I wasn't putting a lot of money in. I was only that initial $300 and then like $100 or $200 after that. So it wasn't like I was, thank God. Like I know people who put thousands of dollars into wow. it. So I'm so glad that I didn't do that. And the funny thing is they start you off with a dummy account, like a test fake account with fake money. And I wish it was going up, 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 up. And then once the real account, it was like the complete opposite. So do you think they maybe tricked that, that fake account into mess with the algorithm to make you feel, honestly, give you confidence? I, I do. I really do. But I can't prove that. But like, I, I really do. Because multiple people told me again on my account, on my video, that they experienced the same thing. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I'm just yeah. sitting there thinking like, wow, the, the amount of time and effort. Because like you say a few months, but my friend, he's been in there for at least a year and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was he was, <laughs> he was in there for for Because we, we always kept telling, I was like, bro, the day that it works, we're going to listen to you until it works. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm cool. Uh, do you think anybody makes money from it? Yeah, I definitely think that a lot of people do make money. Like you see people with the free cars that they get from Forex, but it's like you have to be such a good salesperson and you're not making money from the from the actual trading mostly. Okay. You're making money from like the commission that you're getting from every person underneath you who is joining. So that I think that's where the money is. It's not the money is not in the trading unless you really understand how to trade, but they don't really focus on educating you about training trading at all. It's mostly about Hey, recruit like three people today. Recruit four people today. That's that's mostly what it's that's, about. That's so. all that is. Yeah. Uh, shout out to everybody, man. If we, I mean, if you lost some money, shout out to, not shout out to you, but we feel we, we empathize and hope that you get back <laughs> on your financial yeah. path. And, and I tell people all the time, stop letting people sell you dreams. Like some of us, we we're, we're playing catch up to our financial status or whatever that is, and we decide to sh to take shortcuts. And, and based on what you've been telling me and, and things, conversation, even like from a personal experience, you don't go from zero to 100,000 just like that, unless you hit a lottery or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It has to be 
a little bit of that grinding and, and you know, maybe investing in the house and then that equity yeah. turn into something down the line. And yeah. And, and it, yeah. And if it, if it, feels too good to be true or it seems too good to be true it probably is i think everyone should know that you know um let's get into the conversation about the platform which is season three uh that you (laughs) created talk to me a little bit about that um what was the inspiration behind it because what i see is pictures being taken but is it a deeper meaning to photography or things like that put me on as to what that means Hmm, I wouldn't say it's a deeper meaning. Uh, It's a creative agency that I run with three other founders. And we want to tell stories through videography and photography for small brands, for brands, not small, for brands and businesses. So um, that's what we do. It really started off, I'm a photographer and we have another photographer on the team. It really just started off with us wanting to take photos of each other but we realized we're not really models and we uh we needed a creative creative director who would actually like plan out the concepts and and help us execute them so we did a few where myself and another person were the models as i said we're not really models so we decided to um take our services people really liked the photos that we took but we knew we could take it to another level if we actually did it for brands that were already established or if we did it for um for uh models who are actually real models so Mm -hmm. that's really what we do we've worked with a number of brands and businesses and yeah that's it's really about storytelling uh through videography and photography incredible like i said you know we we talk about finance obviously that you've you've uh major impact and you're you're not only learning and teaching trying to pass that over to especially our black community, I think we we do lack that financial literacy. Our parents kind of like stumbled a ball, so it was never passed down to us. I don't even yeah. think I've ever had any conversation with money with my parents. Yeah. Like I I, we never sat down and go these kind of things. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I think that's how generational that's how like generational wealth isn't really a thing in the black community because it's like our parents may not know. So they're not teaching anyone uh, or they, so they can't, Oh, my video stopped. Hold on. So our parents don't know. So they're not able to teach us. Um, But, and I think another thing is when you Google about um, financial literacy and you only see white men teaching it, you may feel like that, that space is not for you, but that's why I decided to get into the space and really educate people and tell them like, no, there are black people in the space. Black, investing is for black people. Generational wealth is for black people. Like this is, this is where we should be. And this is how we're going to better our community. So. So what's next for Rennie now? I mean, um, five mm-hmm. years from now, do you, do you think ahead of time uh, to the five, 10 year mark or, or maybe you don't want to put me on. Let me know what kind of stocks you're investing into. So <laughs> I, could, I could buy no, a few I, and maybe, uh, you know what I mean? Give me something down the line. But what, what's the five-year plan for you? Hmm. I'm looking to buy my second property. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't be It won't be like in the next year or so. But I'll, soon, soon, you know, I'm going to move out. I still live with my parents rent-free. So I'm going to move out and buy a property that I can actually live in. But, you know, I want to live in the GTA. My my house right now is in London, Ontario. So it's not in the GTA. But 
Um, I personally do not want to live in London. So I'm trying to save up to buy a house or any property in, in the GTA. So that would be my next like financial goal. And I would also like to monetize my YouTube channel so that I'm making money off of uh, the content that I'm, I'm putting out. Yeah, that's those are those are my goals for things coming up. Do you think it is uh, because I think about it, too, as far as possibly getting a second or whatever property. uh, But I'm kind of scared right now the way that the market is looking. Do you have any fears? Are you confident in a Toronto market to sustain a second or third property in the next three years? What are you scared of? I I just feel like the, 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 the prices are. If it get any higher, I don't know if we'll be if it will be able to sustain that. So even if I mean, if you buy a property, I think if, if you planning to hold on to it past ten years or five years, whatever that threshold is, then mm-hmm. whatever comes down, you should, in theory, make make up for it. But at um, average of five hundred thousand for one bedroom condo in the GTA, I think it's yeah. incredibly uh, scary <laughs> to 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 put money into it because even if it comes down, let's say five ten percent you're down 50, 50 grand or, or whatever it is. But if you look at the general trends of real estate, it's always, it's, it's been going up since 2008. So I feel like there may be a, a housing crash and ideally that's when I would like to buy my, my property during right. that crash. Yeah. But yeah, I will, I'll be holding it for the long term. So I don't think I, I, I don't have any fears about yeah, it. No I'm, fear when it comes to that. You're like, you know what? <laughs> Nope, I just know that I, I wish I live. was as confident as you. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm just I really, like, I, I really want to live like I want to raise my future children in in the GTA, you right. know, or at least around a, an area where there are black people, you know, because London, Ontario, currently does not have many black people in it. So, like, it's nice for a rental property, but for me to live and to be around my community is very important. So, right. I, I will be buying there. Yeah. Perfect. Um, anything else that, that I missed? I mean, I was satisfied with the conversation we had. I think we, we hit around the nail. Anything that you would like uh, for my listeners to, to know, to find out, to go check out, um, plug it in, let us know. I guess I'll just plug my YouTube channel again. Um, so if you want to learn about financial literacy or career advice, you can visit my YouTube channel at XORENI. That's X-O-R-E-N-I. Or you can visit me on instagram at the same handle and i also you can visit season three at season three with three e's perfect and all these are platform and and pages that i will be tagging once i drop the episode on my activated podcast page and then uh um you know let's let's talk again when things start to you know change or whatever you're always welcome to come back and let us know some more things and i think Offline, uh, please let me know what's the next stock that you're buying. So <laughs> well, I could, so I can put some know. money into it. So we can all get Yo, to this have, nice 30 I actually have some for you. I actually have some for you. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, perfect. Appreciate it. Uh, for everybody else tuning in, thanks again for tuning in. This is Deactivated Podcast, and uh, you've officially been activated. Peace. Perfect. Yay.